Welcome to the Wild and Free podcast, episode 26. I'm Ainsley Arment, and today we're going to hear a heartwarming conversation with Hannah Mayo, who was one of the first Wild and Free group leaders and attended our very first conference back in 2014. So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started. summer has truly been a gift for our family, the stuff of childhood memories and bucket list moments. But that doesn't mean we haven't had our share of difficult days. I'm talking meltdowns, tantrums, epic battles amongst brothers, and I don't mean the noble kind, more like the kind that ends in tears, hurt feelings, and occasional flesh wounds. Not to mention parenting fails, health issues, learning challenges, and relationship hurts. You know, the kind of stuff that keeps you up late at night or awakens you at 4 a.m. and 4 forces you to your knees. Life is hard. Whether it's marriage struggles, a cancer diagnosis, or the death of a loved one, we all experience dark and lonely paths at some point on this journey. This past week, I haven't had much to give. My brain is on overload and I feel emotionally drained. And with everything on my mind and heart, I just can't seem to keep up with the simple everyday things like meal making, boo-boo kissing, heart tending, relationship refereeing, and nursing a baby, or a toddler rather, just to name a few. I feel like I just wanna crawl in a hole for some alone time. Can any of you mamas relate? It's hard to accept when I can't be who I wanna be when I let people down. Even more, when I feel my husband and children, the very ones I want to serve so well, and the people I love more than anything. But as I've been forced to acknowledge my inadequacies these past few weeks, I've been reminded of a simple truth. We only experience grace in the difficult moments. When everything is going well, grace is unnecessary. It's nowhere to be found. And when we go through tough times, the gift of love is often taken for granted. Acts of forgiveness and compassion are unnecessary. And aren't those things what we desire the most? The hard seasons we go through are like the dirt and mud that provide a fertile seedbed for the most precious gifts in life. We don't have to have it all together to do this thing called life, or marriage, or parenting, or even homeschooling. We only have to be willing vessels, willing to let grace, love, and mercy bloom in our lives. And that, my friends, is what makes all of this worthwhile. Our beloved interview host, Jennifer Pepito, recently chatted with Hannah Mayo, who is HMayoPhoto on Instagram. They talked about Hannah's daily rhythm and her booming Wild and Free group in South Florida. Hannah is a longtime Wild and Free mama and such a dear part of this community. Let's listen in.
Thanks for joining me this morning, Hannah. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. So I wanted to talk about the new bundle coming out, the Habits Bundle, and also a little bit about even the Wild and Free conferences. But before we get started, I wanted you to kind of introduce your family because I don't think I've gotten to chat with you on the podcast before. Well, we live in South Florida. My husband and I have three children. Uh, Seth is eight, Isaac is five, and Eden is turning two next month. Um, We've been homeschooling since my oldest, Seth, was in kindergarten. So this is our fourth year we're going into. You've gotten over that initial hump. Yes, yes, it really is quite a hump. The first few years were a learning experience, and I feel like we're starting to get a little bit of a groove, but it keeps changing, of course, as the kids get older. I think a lot of times first homeschool moms feel so scared and overwhelmed. I definitely felt like I didn't have any idea what I was doing for a few years there, and some days I still feel that way. (laughs) Yeah. What helped you initially get over that hump? Mostly community with other moms and the larger online community, um, especially Wild and Free. I went to the first conference and that really helped me get going. It was the first year of homeschooling and meeting moms who were homeschooling and doing it in so many different ways um, successfully was uh, really encouraging for me. How sweet. So you were at the very first Virginia Beach conference. Yes, I was. Wow. That was kind of when I discovered Wild and Free was when I saw those pictures on Instagram. I was like, wow, these are like no other homeschool mom I've ever seen. Yes, it was really a special thing to be part of. And I'm so glad that that was the way I got started in homeschooling. Yeah, to be surrounded by such an encouraging group of moms. And are you coming to Nashville? I am. Yes, I'm so so excited. excited. I know. I can't believe it's only just over a month away. Yes, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, A couple of good friends of mine from our local Wild and Free group are going as well. It'll be so fun. I know a lot of moms are coming solo. Did you come by yourself to the one in in Virginia Beach? I did. That's so great. Yeah, I didn't know anyone. Um, And I ended up having to drive three hours to get back to the right airport because I booked my flights wrong. So it was really a growing experience for me as a person overall. (laughs) But did you feel welcomed even though you were there by yourself? Yes, absolutely. It felt like meeting friends, truly. It's such a warm atmosphere. So I'm super excited about being there with so many old friends and then getting to meet some new friends and seeing people that I have only known online so far. There's a habits bundle coming out and you wrote on there a little bit about even your own daily routine? Yes, I wrote about how important the habit of self-care is for moms, um, especially for us as homeschooling moms who are constantly pouring out into our children, into our families and homes all the time. I have gone through seasons, especially times when I've had young babies where I wasn't taking enough time for myself, wasn't taking good care of myself and became very depleted. And um, I've seen the need in my life for that filling up of your own So at this point in my life, early morning is my time. Um, It just is what works best for our schedule. Um, My kids tend to wake up around 7.30. So I started waking up at 5.30 so that I can have time to write and read my Bible, read any book that I'm in at the time, and just get myself ready for the day in, um, in quiet. And it's really made a huge difference in my life. How do you avoid distraction during that time? Because I think a lot of moms want to get up earlier and then they do get up and they kind of get checking email or something and then pretty soon it's 10 o'clock. Yes, it, <laughs> takes, it takes discipline. Um, I try to completely eliminate the online world during that time. Um, I may have my phone near me, but I make a point of not looking at Instagram or email or Facebook um, until at least seven o'clock. So I spend that early time just in the quiet, keeping things dim. I might do a little yoga, but 
but keeping things very calm. So what are some of the results of that? You know, I'm reading the book Essentialism by Greg McEwen, and so many of these people who are kind of thought leaders talk about how important it is to have some mental quiet and how, in a way, destructive it is to have just constant barrage of information. The idea is that when we make a space for quiet in our lives and even just for some, some meditative time, the results are more creativity and more ability to make good decisions even in our daily lives. Yes, um, I definitely see a difference in the way I interact with my kids, um, the way I'm able to pour into my work. Um, Like I said, I usually write in those early morning hours, um, usually after doing some reading. And that's when I can get my best writing done almost always. I feel like my mind is sharper and clearer um, when I haven't been in that barrage of, you know, the noise, the, the constant being fed by things online, even good things. But when we can quiet ourselves, I think it brings this different creative space that we really need. I was just talking to my daughter, probably making excuses for not making more time to write. And she was telling me that Anne Lamott's dad would get up every morning at 5.30 and write for two hours before going to his job. So the habit that you're making is going to serve you through your whole life to accomplish things that you want to do. Yes, I hope so. I've definitely seen fruit from it. And, And having that time also, it makes me feel more centered and and patient with my children, a little more just ready to greet the day cheerfully, I guess. (laughs) So tell me about what you're reading and how it's inspiring you. Well, I'm currently reading Uninvited by Lysa Turkhurst. Uh, So that's my my nonfiction read at the moment. And it's been a really good uh, spiritual read for me. Um, I'm also working my way through the Bible pretty slowly, um, but I wanted to read it cover to cover. So I spend a little time there each day. I think sometimes as homeschool moms, we get into a habit of only reading homeschool mom books. <laughs> yes. And then because I'm, a little try, bit I'm trying to alternate. Yeah. <laughs> My next homeschool read, I'm planning to start the core about classical education. So that's on my shelf. I always have about six books on my nightstand. And probably what happens is I start reading a nonfiction book and I get like three fourths of the way through and I get bored and then I get another one and add it to the stack. So yes, <laughs> it's always a little bit of a mess. Yeah, me too. Friends are new story bundle is already a member favorite and i have to say it's one of our best ones yet this community has so many incredible mamas that pour their time and hearts into making this an encouraging and practical monthly resource the story bundle includes an adventurous treasure island book club by jennifer naraki a japanese tea ceremony by sharon mckeeman a fabulous story character party by rainy harrison and a nature journal by Kristen rogers there are also inspiring articles by rachel kovac on nourishing our children's souls with fairy tales, creating a book box by Lindsay Daigle, and holding on to hope by Tony Weber. Tony shared in her article, so much in homeschooling relies on the perspective we choose to have, and the outcomes from those perspectives can be life-changing for triumph or loss. I also remind myself that hard seasons can produce so much growth in us if we hold on to our peace and stay thankful for what we have. Plus, if you subscribe to the content bundles before this Saturday, you'll also receive last month's bundle Seaside and get next month's print magazine in the mail. To learn more or subscribe, visit bewildandfree.org.
So tell me about your homeschool community. How does your homeschool community inspire you, keep you accountable, but not overwhelm you? Well, after the Virginia Beach Conference, um, I came home and really had this desire to meet like-minded moms in my area. Um, And I had a couple friends who were also just starting to homeschool. And I said, well, why don't we start a wild and free group here? And uh, I pitched the idea to Ainsley to make sure it would be okay. And it turned out that she was already planning to have people starting wild and free groups everywhere. So I think we were one of the first ones. We started in fall of 2014. And it's actually pretty large now um, all throughout our area. And we have some smaller subgroups that have sort of branched off at this point. We keep things pretty free. I wouldn't say we're even a co-op. We're just a nature exploration group. And they're all different moms from different walks of life that have joined. But it's a very encouraging, open and accepting place. And it's been a nice, a really nice community to be part of as we've made our way through our first few years here. So do you lead it by yourself or do you have co-leaders? I have co-leaders. I spent the first year or so trying to lead by myself. And as it grew to over 250 members, it was a little exhausting and overwhelming for one person. Um, So I've had some amazing friends who have stepped up and led things with me and organized events for me. And it's really taken some weight off of my shoulders. That's amazing to have 250 members in a local group. Wow. So do you guys meet every week or how often do you meet? Yeah. So um, as I said, we we started some subgroups as it got that huge. So the different subgroups choose a day they want to meet. Um, I meet on Fridays with a group of about 20 or so other families. And we choose a nature preserve or local park or beach to meet at. And then our large group, never 200 or even close to that, but the large group is all invited to one monthly gathering as well. Wow. So where do you host that big of a group? Just somewhere in nature, Um, a big, big beach? Yeah, usually, yeah, a beach or a park that has a big open field for the kids to play in. We have a favorite tree in one park that's sort of central. Um, But like I said, usually I'd say the most we ever get is maybe 30 at one time. I think a lot of people join the group because they're interested, but not necessarily able to to come in person. Cool. So you can you can reach out and in a sense support that many people, but you're not necessarily having to host them all at one event. Right, right. Yeah, our, our Facebook group is pretty active and people share a lot of information there. How nice to have that support and have local support where if you need curriculum, you can say, hey, does anybody have this curriculum or looking for different field trip or activity ideas? That's amazing. So what else do you do for your homeschool? Do you have a full homeschool schedule? Or are you kind of like a minimalist homeschooler? I'd say I may be in between the two. <laughs> when we first started, I think I pushed against anything too structured. And I've learned over the years that I definitely need some structure, some planning, but I know I need to keep it flexible and not obsess over that too much either. This year we have, we have a nice mix of things that we're pulling from in sort of like a Charlotte Mason classical eclectic type of style. We're actually using Playful Pioneers. Yes, and we love it. (laughs) Yes, this has been our first week. We just went back to school and my oldest especially is really loving reading Farmer Boy and and we use Beautiful Feet as well for American history this year. They have such a great book list. I love their books. It's been fun. We've been doing a little bit of explorer studies over the summer. So that's been just so interesting for my kids. And then in California, you can actually do a few good explorer field trips, which I'm sure you can do some amazing ones 
friends in Florida. Yes, I have plans to eventually bring the family to St. Augustine because there's right. so much rich history there. Um, the but there is locally in North too. America, right? Right, right. We're about uh, six hours or so south of St. Augustine. Florida's a big state. <laughs> well, right. so is California. <laughs> One of the worries I think that people have about organizing that big of a group is just trying to keep everybody happy and safe. How do you, at your events, keep kids safe? Do you guys get insurance for them? Or do you just have people sign a liability form? Or do you you just have a lot of really good accountability and sweet um, moms? Yes, the the latter. We, we haven't done anything official like that. I think we have the understanding that everyone watches out for their own kids. We, we know we try to help each other as well. There's a lot of a lot of help when my youngest was a tiny baby, you know, other moms would hold her for me or watch my preschooler as he ran around when I wasn't able to chase him. So um, there's a lot of mutual help. And I feel like wild and free in a lot of ways is raising up a bit of a pioneer spirit in a sense. I think a lot of times homeschoolers in this era get very dependent on a school district to help them, at least in California, to help them do their homeschooling. And I feel like wild and free is helping. It's almost like a little grassroots movement that's helping families get more independent and, you know, to organize a big group like that and trust that your moms are going to be responsible for their own kids and that you're not going to have to get super bogged down with a bunch of technicalities is really amazing. Yeah, I feel a lot of our families have um, have become pretty independent of our school system. In Florida, there's the option to join an umbrella school instead of doing homeschooling under the county. And um, it seems like quite a few of our wild and free families have gone that route. Does Florida have a lot of testing requirements? No, there is a requirement to submit a portfolio or have an evaluation done by a certified teacher if you've registered as a homeschooler um, with the state of Florida. But through that umbrella school option, it sort of bypasses that and you're answering to the umbrella school rather than the county. And usually those require just attendance records. Awesome. I think that's what we have in California is you can set up a private school basically, and that's what we're a part of. And then a lot of families charter school because you get funds for it. But the funds also come with a requirement to do the testing, like a lot of the California state standard testing. So it's interesting because for some families, that's not really a big deal. They're not that invasive. And for other families, they're like, I want to do more play-based school in the early years. And I don't want that kind of burden, I guess. So so it's okay. neat that there's so many possibilities of how to homeschool even in the US. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's growing worldwide. Yeah, it does seem to. I love that the wild and free community overall is not just the US. We get to see how people are making this work in Europe and, and elsewhere. It's really fun. Me too, especially because I think that, you know, for other countries, I know Europe, I think Ireland and England, it's been a little bit more common for a while. But there's some European countries where it's not even been allowed, really. So I think it's kind of exciting for Europe to get exposed to the whole idea, at least those countries where it's been more restricted to mm-hmm. get exposed to this idea. And Wild and Free does such a beautiful job of, in a sense, promoting homeschooling, which I love. <laughs> I don't think everyone has to do it, but I really, really love homeschooling. Yes, me too. <laughs> I can't think of anything more fun than being with my kids. And right now we're in the middle of a home remodel. I told my kids yesterday, one reason I love homeschooling is it means I get to sit down every day. Because otherwise (laughs) I I don't sit down that much. (laughs) So, well, it was really sweet to talk to you, Hannah. I'm so excited to meet you in Nashville. First, I get to go to the family camp with my whole family. I can't believe it. Oh, that's wonderful. I I I hope to make it to one of those, one of these years. I'm so excited. And then Nashville. So it's going to be a really fun season of Wild and Freak Out. 
gatherings. Yes, I can't wait to meet you. We'll look forward to it. Have a wonderful rest of your week, Hannah. Thank you, Jen. Thanks so much, Hannah. We can't wait to see you in Nashville next month. Friends, for a limited time, we are offering the bundle of all bundles to just 450 people called the Pioneer Package. It includes the all-new Handcrafts book, a special edition Pioneer print magazine, the exclusive Wild and Free soundtrack, our new Wild and Free day sheets to plan and reflect on your day, plus all the conference audio and video from our national conference taking place in Nashville next month. It's worth $150, but we're making it available for just $99, and there are only 300 packages left. Not only that, but every cent goes to support the Wild and Free Farm Village. You can learn more at bewildandfree.org slash pioneer. participate in summer reading programs at your local library? I don't usually enroll my kids because they read so much together already, but my 13-year-old loves programs and contests and winning. So even though he reads around the clock regardless, he signs up just to see what he can win. He usually wins a few stickers, a handful of candy, and a coupon for a Wendy's Frosty. But this year was a little different. Last week, I got a call from the librarian letting me know that Wyatt had won the Grand Mystery Prize. Now, he is cool as a cucumber, this child of mine. So he didn't express any hopes or expectations, but he couldn't help but wonder what it was. A new iPad, a $200 gift card to Barnes & Noble, the possibilities were endless. So we made our trek to the local library to pick up his prize. He opened the envelope to see that he had won, wait for it, four passes to miniature golf, a $5 gift card to Sonic, and a gift certificate for a 14-inch pie from a local pizzeria. I smiled enthusiastically, but was slightly bummed for him. A whole summer full of faithful reading for a few passes to places we would probably never go. He laughed and suggested that maybe four of us could at least go do the miniature golf sometime. Even though I would have paid five times the value of the prizes just to avoid dragging five kids, including two tired and difficult girls, to the library that day, I told him how proud I was of who he is and that it was incredible that he read so many books this summer. And before I could say it, he said, and I guess it's pretty cool that I won a prize, even if it was the lamest one. My Wyatt is awesome. And you know what? He'll probably sign up again next year. He just can't help it. And I should say, I think the reading program is a fun activity for summer, not to mention a wonderful way to get kids reading who otherwise wouldn't. However, and this might be a wee bit of a stretch, that experience reminded me how grateful I am to be doing this beautiful thing called homeschool. My children's education isn't about chasing empty rewards, checking off boxes, and motivating them through sticker charts or candy boxes. And it's more than just giving our children an alternative education. It's about keeping the flame alive within their hearts and minds. It's about the love of learning, not a push of knowledge. It's about giving our kids time to have a childhood, time to play, and time in nature to cultivate wonder and curiosity. 
And the reward for them is simple but profound. It's a life filled with passion, depth, real interest, and a continuing desire to learn. We were headed down a different path with our oldest when I sensed his need to come home seven years ago for his childhood's sake. He was still young, so it didn't take long to see glimmers of change and restoration in him. But if you're in a similar boat or wondering if there's still hope for your child, then take heart. It might take some time, but it is possible. It's never too late. John Holt said, how can we revive in our children those earlier, deepest, richer sources of human action? It is not easy. Perhaps the only thing to do is to be patient and wait. After all, if we do not constantly re-injure our bodies, in time they usually heal themselves. We must act on the faith that the same is true of the human spirit. In short, if we give children enough time, as free as possible from destructive outside pressures, the chances are good that they will once again find within themselves their reasons for doing worthwhile things. And so, in time, may we all. Well, friends, that's all the time we have for today, but join us next week for the Wild and Free Podcast.